guys, welcome to today's table. In this episode, we're going to talk about Christology. I'm Hope. I'm Samantha. I'm Jen. And I'm Lindsay. So before we get into whether God died, what we're going to talk about something else important, bad hairstyles. Ooh, so very I think mm-hmm. that Jen is up first. Also, okay. I think we need to dig up pictures of all of this. And oh my gosh. I don't know. Mm. I may have okay. one. Okay. How many of you guys had a mullet growing up? Only nope. you, Jen. <laughs> didn't, you, you really didn't have a mullet? No. No. Mm-mm. I mean, I didn't choose this mullet. <laughs> Are you saying that you had a mullet, Jen? I did have a mullet. Oh, my word. It was the I, 80s. There, oh, wait. You weren't alive in the 80s. Alive Stop. in the 80s? Was. Hope is personally offended. 88. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. 88. Spent oh, my god. Two gosh. years in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, year and a half. Things just got weird over here. <laughs> Okay. okay, I definitely had a mullet, but the mullet chose me. What about you guys? Um, my mom, I'm going to make her listen to this episode so that she can hear oh, about this. This is great. I don't know if we've talked about it because it was so traumatizing. But her, she had her friend do an at-home perm kit on my hair and imagine like a poodle do <laughs> on your head. That's literally what I had. It was so ugly. And I had this crush at school and he, he liked me too, but he didn't like me anymore after that perm. But also I had my best friend who was a boy. His name was Perry. His name is Perry. And he told me I looked beautiful. (laughs) Good friend right there. It's really sweet. Okay. We need a picture. Just to clarify. We need a picture. I have one. I, I will try and find one though. Mm-hmm. That would be okay. awesome. Lindsay? Yeah, I uh, also, I have so many moments, but <laughs> let's just go with, oh, I'll pick two. Uh, in fifth grade, uh, there's always a boy, right? And so <clears throat> I was going to get a haircut and look so good for like the boy. And I was going to do the really cool layered look, right? I was going to get layers, but I wanted long layers where it was like flowy and it would curl at the ends. I didn't say long. I just said I wanted layers. And so the longest length was around my chin and it layered up all the way. Like I feel like past my eyebrows. Oh no. (laughs) And it was just like shaggy. (laughs) It's like a very, and I have very thick coarse, like frizzy hair. And I didn't know how to style it in fifth grade. And so then my solution, this is the best part, is I took one of those um, headbands, the cloth headbands that go all the way around. And I just like slicked it all back. So it was just a big puffy mess behind my slicked back uh, headband. It was beautiful. Totally amazing. Over with my uh, jumper that I was wearing as well. I don't know why I remember that outfit, but it was amazing. And then in eighth grade, I was also going to be really cool and have great hair for my uh, yearbook pictures, which were coming up. And so the brunette that I am decided I'm going to go blonde and it will be great, but I'm cheap and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm going to go get sun in because sun in is the best thing ever. I remember sun in. Yep. And you see the commercials and all these beautiful blondes are at the, you know, by the pool. And I was like, this is great. I'm just going to go put sun in my hair and it's going to turn blonde. 
did you know that it does not turn blonde on brunettes? It turns orange, (laughs) orange, orange. And so by the time my yearbook pictures came around, I also didn't know how to re-dye my hair. I had my roots, which were about two inches of brown, and the rest was orange. (laughs) Okay, where was your mom in all of this? She was sweetly encouraging me and saying, it's just hair. It'll grow out. You look great. But she should have taken you to get it fixed. Mom. I don't even know if I asked. It's fine. I've Where had the were our moms in well. all of this? Yeah. I mean, Jen had a mullet, so I feel like <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> hope. Okay, Hope. Speaking yeah. of yearbook pictures, slicked Uh-oh. back hair. Um, <laughs> so my mom would always do my hairdo for school pictures. But That's the problem sweet. is school pictures were always after recess. Oh. Lash. I didn't like the way that she did my hair. So <laughs> she would always make it really pretty half up, half down with a little mm-hmm. poof poof on top oh yeah and I would always go after recess to the bathroom and get water and slick it down and then put it in a ponytail <laughs> mm-hmm. so I have many school pictures of like real rough hairdos um, <laughs> she was like how does this happen I do it every year <laughs> she knew she knew yeah she knew that's awesome good old yeah. slicked hair nothing mm-hmm. better for that. your bad choices hope it's okay <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man <clears throat> good times well as important as that is, I feel like we should also talk about Christology. Yes. <laughs> so, agreed. So, this is a topic that we've referenced in the past uh, when we were talking about the Trinity. We're talking about the Son. And um, this is a topic that still blows my mind. We almost titled this episode with a mind blown emoji because that is how we feel every time we talk about this. So, come join us for the ride. We're not solving Um, anything for you on this episode, just so we're clear. No, we're we're just just going to ask questions that we don't know the answers to, kind of like, Mm -hmm. did God die? That's going to be our favorite one here. So why, if this is so confusing, why are we even talking about it? Why is it important? Um, It goes back to us talking about to say that you love God is to also say that you know God. So it's because we want to understand who he is and that matters. Mm Mm-hmm. But before we go on, even before that, what does Christology mean? It means all things Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who, who, who is Christ? Christ is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because we say that our salvation is dependent on Christ. So I think it's important to understand who that is. We're saying our salvation is dependent on and um, yeah. yeah, that he's fully God and fully man. We've heard that phrase before. Um, I think you hear it and it doesn't make sense. Kind of like a lot of things in the Bible sometimes. Um, So, but to think past like, huh, that's a strange phrase. How is he fully God and fully man? And then you just move on. Um, It is strange. There's, I was, we're going to talk about this in just a few minutes, but there's a tension there that you can't fully relieve, but there's been many people over the years that have tried to relieve the tension of why, how does this even make sense? And they um, have developed their own heresies. Yeah. So we're going to talk through what those are um, in an effort to not only help us understand what who Christ is, but also to help us understand who Christ is not. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's important to be okay with the tension and to talk about Christology in the way the Bible does. Kind of going back to our um, Doctrine of Revelation episode, just about we know Christ through the Word um, and what the word says about him. And so we're just going to take what that says the best that we can and let it sit there. (laughs) So here we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So one word that we have learned that has been a little helpful, um, also just really fun to say. Hypostatic the- union. Hypostatic union. <laughs> Hypostatic union. Thank you, Shailen. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And so that is a fun way to say uh, the divine nature and human nature within one person of Christ. So that's the idea of fully God and fully man in one person. Two mm-hmm. natures, one person. Yes. That's right. And so that kind of reminds us of our uh, Trinity episode when we were talking about how God is one essence, one God, but there's three persons. So one nature, but three persons. And this is almost flipped in the sense that, yes, Christ is one person, but has two natures, God and mm-hmm. man. Do we still have you listening or did you close this podcast because it's too confusing already? <laughs> how <laughs> many like, natures? Oh. How many persons? Oh my goodness. And and I think it's important. Like we're going to talk through all this, but then we're going to talk about why it is important that mm-hmm. we we articulate this and understand this to the best that we can. It is important for our salvation. So we'll get there. So if Christ is fully God and fully man, I mean, let's talk about how is he fully God? So what would you say when you think about Jesus or when you think about Christ, how would you say that he's God? He's sovereign. Mm -hmm. He's sinless. Mm. That's good. He's creator. Ooh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. He's creator, but Jesus was born. So how Mm -hmm. could he be the creator? Well, it goes back to the two different natures. So the son has eternally existed Whereas Jesus has not. Uh huh. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the son has been with the father from before the beginning and he created with the father and the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Jesus was born and Jesus is both fully God, fully the son, and fully man, right? Mm hmm. So therefore Jesus is creator. Yeah. Because there's a word. There's a word that we use when we talk about Jesus. His birth was the starts with an I incarnation. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Man, this is, I'm just gonna be honest. This is so hard for me to talk about. I just am like, what? I don't know. I get confused every time. It is hard. That's why we're talking about it though. There you mm-hmm. go. Let's try again. Here we go. We're gonna get this. Jesus is fully God. Mm-hmm. How is he fully man? He still had all the different um, things that we deal with too. Like, I mean, he actually experienced hunger and emotion. Mm-hmm. Hebrews talks about how he was tempted in every respect as we are. That mm-hmm. verse alone requires discussion and understanding, but we do know that that's what the Bible says. And so he understands our weakness. Mm-hmm. He had the weakness of being a human being. Mm-hmm. Okay. If he's fully God and fully man, um, something that's interesting that um, we've thought through before is what, when you think of Jesus, what do you reach to? Do you reach to his humanness or do you reach to his divine nature? Like, for example, mm-hmm. do I think, oh, Jesus is... <laughs> Jesus is my homeboy, right? That little idea of like, he's my friend, like he gets it, he gets me. Um, He's been through this like me and that's how I view Jesus. Or do I think Jesus is like we're saying creator and like he's 
perfect. And so I can never relate to him in any way, shape or form. And, you know, like what, Mm -hmm. for you guys, what were, what was your default when you thought of Jesus? My default is person. Um, Mm -hmm. I think about him as more relatable as a person than actually thinking about him being creator or God. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of cool to think about when you carry that thought further and you know Jesus is fully God. And so he is the exact imprint mm-hmm. of God. That's true. And so when you think about all the things that Jesus, all the compassion he had, how he wept with his friends for his friends, all these things that you observe Jesus doing while he was here, he's the exact imprint of God. And mm-hmm it kind of just helps bring home a little more. I mean, we, we have like a, a more visible picture of who God is through Jesus, mm-hmm. but really just carrying that out. It doesn't stop with Jesus. Jesus is fully God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tend to look more at his divinity. So there are two questions that we talked about in class or t- two statements. I don't know if they're questions, but the first one was that there's a Jewish man at the right hand of the father in heaven and it was like, what? wait, <laughs> there's a human up there. Wait. So mm-hmm. just, I think that exposed something in my heart where I look yeah. at his transcendence more than his like personal physicality of his personhood. Um, and then the other one was like, when you picture Jesus, do you see him smiling? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when I think about it, I say, well, yeah, because he loves me. But in that first second when I do it, I I would probably say no, because I view him as, um, I can tend to view him as so far above. So, like, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. but yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of where I fall. All right, guys. So let's talk about, did God die? Because <laughs> Jesus died, and Jesus is fully God. So does that mean that God died? Yeah, so if Jesus. Christ came and lived a perfect life, and then died on the cross. Christ died on the cross. So Christ died on, (laughs) in Christ's name. (laughs) Christ died on the cross. So then did God die? Because if Christ is fully God and fully man, would you say God died? It seems like in that statement that yes, God died, but we know that's impossible because God is holding up the world and the world was still here. And so, yep. What happened? Mm. Yeah. God's eternal. He doesn't, he can't die. God's eternal. And just as a, um, you know, God is the father, the son and the spirit. So in that the son is eternal Mm -hmm. and is also Jesus, but it clearly says in the Bible that he died. So then how can we explain what happened on the cross? I mean, I would say, and I don't know if this is right. Jesus has two natures and the human nature died on the cross. I don't think we can say that because then, yeah, then you're splitting up Jesus into his two natures you're saying that his nature, his human nature is acting and his divine nature is not. And so then you're telling me that the natures are doing things and not the person of Jesus. But natures don't act, people do, right? Mm-hmm. So 
I don't think we can, I know like, Hey, I'm the first one to speak in my rational mind. I want to say it's the human part of him that died, not the divine part, Mm -hmm. but he's a whole person. Like that's all of who he is. And so I, the only language that I've found to be able to say it is to say, Jesus died on the cross. I, I can't, God didn't die. All of who God is didn't die, but Jesus did. And Jesus is fully God and fully man. And Jesus died on the cross. <laughs> it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. It well, is I think hard. It, well, and so, I think, Samantha, I think you were saying earlier too, that there's like a little bit of attention you have to keep there. You know, mm-hmm. like we can wrestle with it, but we won't fully understand exactly what that means, I think. Yeah, but it's as we try to grasp and know who God is, it's so easy to just tweak a little bit or to try to rationalize part of it to make it make sense or feel like we can understand it and therefore control it and therefore feel like we have a better grasp of it. And in doing that, if we try to change what the Bible is actually what the Bible has actually said, then we can be in danger of heresy. That's what heresy is. Heresy is just where good people with good intentions trying to explain well or understand well the truth about who God is try to, like you're saying, Jen, they try to ease the tension Mm -hmm. by making it more understandable and then create something that's not actually in the scripture. So, so let's run through, run through some popular heresies. Yeah. And these are things of church history, but they're actually the same things that we struggle with today. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't have to know the name of any of these. We'll throw it out there. But the point is to understand what you might be doing in your own internal dialogue and understanding of Christ on accident, like I've done some of these on accident before, you may have grown up in a church setting that emphasized one of these over the other without even knowing it. And so it's just helpful to be able to know what they are so we can identify them and get back to what scripture says. So Mm -hmm. what's one of them, guys? Arianism. Mm -hmm. Tell us about Arianism. That is the belief that Christ is a created being and that he is not fully God. So like at the beginning, the father created the son rather than them always being eternal. Yeah. So what's the problem with that? Because <laughs> a lot of a lot of um, religions believe that Christ was created. If Christ is not fully God, mm-hmm. then he cannot save us. That takes away the whole Trinitarian viewpoint. Yeah, if his if his divine nature isn't part of who he is, then he is not perfect. He's not able to fully absorb um, and exhaust the wrath of God on the cross. He's not able to fully pay the infinite scope of our sin and penalty of humanity. Um, So without being fully God, he can't do that. So therefore he can't save us. I think that's a pretty big deal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, okay. So another one is canoticism. Canoticism. Um, And that's, it has the same impact, but uh, there's a part of scripture that says that Christ emptied himself. Um, and that's a really hard passage, and I'm not going <laughs> to pretend like we know exactly how to explain it. But a danger that comes from that is to think that um, it's Christ emptying himself entirely of his divinity, like where he is no longer God. And so when he saying that when uh, the son comes incarnate, to become Jesus, that he um, completely empties himself as divinity and he's only human. 
but that poses the same problem that he's not fully God, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So therefore he still can't save us. Mm-hmm. What about docetism or Gnosticism? Those are big fancy words. <laughs> Those are really big fancy words. Let's just Is talk it, about what they believe or what they mean. <laughs> he wasn't really human. Um, it seemed like he was human, but he was only fully God. Yeah, he, he was, was like not, a mirage. He both natures. He only had the divine nature. Yeah. Okay, so like the belief that he when he when the sun came to earth that he was just just illusion yeah okay that he just appeared to be human but really he's just god the whole time Mm -hmm. so then why is that important that that's not true i would say in order to be a um sacrifice um he had to be human and be perfect and that to be a worthy substitute for us yeah because he came to save humanity yeah but that which he did not become he could cannot save. save. When you think about this in terms of the biblical story that we've been going through, mm-hmm. um, you know, Adam was supposed to be the perfect man and he wasn't. Mm. And then there was Noah who was supposed to be the man who would make everything right. And then there was Moses and there was Abraham and there was David and there was Solomon. And there was all these people that at first glance, everybody thought, Oh, this is it. This is our savior. Mm-hmm. And not until Jesus came in his fully human nature and his fully divine nature um, was he able to live that perfect human life and reverse the curse that mm-hmm. Adam set in play and be the perfect sacrifice that was required in order for all of the wrath to be absorbed. Yeah. He's the new Adam, the one mm-hmm. that could save. Mm-hmm. That's good. Nestorianism. Where he's fully God and fully human, but that there's two different persons acting at different times. Yeah, that doesn't really work at all. <laughs> yeah, because to think that in one moment he's being like, I've even, I've thought this one before. Like when you read scripture and you see um, Jesus do a miracle, I'm like, oh, there's, there's his Godness. He's being fully God there. And then you see another part of scripture and see he was hungry or he wept. You're like, oh, he's being human there. Mm-hmm. But then if you're picking moments for him to be one nature, mm-hmm. fully God or fully human rather, um, then what happens if he's on the cross? Was mm-hmm. he being fully God or fully human at that moment? Mm-hmm. And if you lack one or the other, then again, you have no mm-hmm. salvation. So you can't say that he's two different persons. Mm-hmm. It's similar to the easing of the tension of the Trinity in mm-hmm. modalism where you yes. can each person in the Trinity is acting at a certain point in time. Right. Mm -hmm. But not all at the same time. Yeah. Which we all fall into when we try to make it make more sense in our head. You know, that's just, it's a natural thing to try to ease that tension. And it's a good thing to want to understand. Yeah, absolutely. But we we always have to do that with open hands because Mm -hmm. we have limited minds. Yeah. What about Eutychianism? That's fun to say, isn't it? <laughs> it is fun to say. Don't be so Eutychy. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> no? Okay. I don't even know what that is. thought I would mean. try that out. <laughs> Eutychianism would be the idea of merging the divine and human. So like 
God and human, God and man, but kind of merged together into a whole new thing. You um, can say, don't be so you ticky, because whenever we say, I don't really, I'm having a hard time understanding Christology, like I don't get it, we can just say, don't be so you ticky. What do you mm. mean? <laughs> well, because we can't comprehend the true union because between God and man, that's what Eutychianism is. And so it's like, we're being Eutychy. Just don't, don't do that. Well, that's, <laughs> that's like so fetch. It's not going to work. Totally. <laughs> that's fabulous. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. Right. You. So the problem with being Eutychy is mm-hmm. that uh, Christ is no longer fully God and fully man. He's just a mix of both. Mm-hmm. And so then without that fullness, he can't fully save humanity and he can't fully embrace humanity. So mm-hmm. it work. it's something else mm-hmm. totally different. So, yeah. So all that to say, there's a lot of uh, confusion when thinking about how that's possible for Christ to be fully man and fully God. But what we want to try to present to you is that's what scripture says. It presents him as fully God and fully man. And therefore Mm -hmm. that's what he is. Yep. Even if we can't fully comprehend how that is or how it plays out in every single scenario, we um, can seek understanding of that, but ultimately have to be led by faith that that is how God's revealed himself to us. That is how we are saved. And so we need to cling to that and not try to ease the tension. So how do we, in light of all of this, how can we use this understanding of Christology to share the gospel? I think it is the gospel, like yeah. to know that that Christ is who he says he is, that he's fully God and fully man means that he has the power to save us fully mm-hmm. um, and he can empathize with us and and has the capacity to save us as humans because he was one. And so is one, sorry, that's a new thing too, that he's like you said, Jewish man, uh, the right hand of the father. So if you're talking to someone and they're feeling their, like their sin is so big, they're so far over the line that God can't save them. Mm. Then you can talk about Christology, how Mm -hmm. God is, Jesus is fully God uh, and in that way is able to save you. And he's fully in, in his fully humanness. He was the sacrifice for you and paid mm-hmm. for your past sin, your present sin and your future sin completely. All the wrath has been absorbed. Mm-hmm. That's really good news for it's somebody huge. who is sitting in the weight of their sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God's able. He's not just a good moral teacher that, you know, has good things to say on how to live. Like he's, totally taken all of it and is able to take all of it mm-hmm. um, and put it to death. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. good. So we understand this is a confusing and hard topic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take a lot more conversations and thinking and studying scripture. Um, a book that is helpful that's been recommended a lot to us is a book by Mark Jones called Knowing Christ. Um, it's kind of like if you've heard of the book by J.I. Packer called um, Knowing God, it's it's on the same lines of that's kind of where you got the idea of if we know God, then we should be knowing Christ. Um, anyway, so there's that. And then just a great song <laughs> that we were introduced to 
um, on Fully God and Fully Man. It's called The Hypostatic, Hypostatic Union. Union by Shylin. And so it's just the lyrics are incredible. So go listen to that. It's really good. Songs are really helpful. Um, I In this class, I've learned so many difficult words over the years, and m- most of them have taken me like three or four years to grasp. And I'm still on many of them. I'm still going, wait, what does that word mean again? Totally. But in our first year of class, our teacher played this song and it stuck. Yep. Because I heard the song, I liked it, and I also like rap music. I know that's weird. Um, and it's kind <laughs> of a rappy weird. type song. So it's awesome. Um, yeah. Help me learn Love it. it. Sweet. Helps you not be you ticky. Helps me not be so you ticky. Oh, you so ticky. <laughs> you bet, man. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, there you have it Christology and why it's important. Yes. Go chat about it. Yep. Good luck. Talk to y'all next time, right? Good luck. Talk to y'all next time. Bye. Bye.